What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 253 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Back-to-back days here. Yesterday, we had our NFL preview. Today, we had a rundown. Sean and I jumped right in. First, we talked about MLB, especially the Yankees and the Mets, the two locals. Following that, we talked a little NBA news. We had to clean up with the Donovan Mitchell trade. Following that, we talked college football. Last week, we recapped, and we did a couple of predictions for this week, and then... Last but definitely not least, we did our first 2022 Week 1 Picks of the Year. So enjoy the pod and follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's the doubleheader, Tom. It's the second pod in as many days. We knocked out our NFL preview and now officially on the night the beginning of the NFL season. We're here for a Monday rundown on a Thursday. How you doing, man? Doing all right, man. How are you? Doing well, dude. I'm excited. I woke up in a good mood today. I felt great about the pod. Thanks again to Will. And uh, we're ready to go. Yes. Shout out to Will. Um, I thought the Cowboys pick was a little homery, but not too homery. He's gotten less wild uh, with his Cowboy predictions in his old age. Yeah, he he was tempering expectations a little. I think he's been listening to us talk about the Yankees all year, and you know, he painted some glass half full, you know, pictures there. But overall, I thought he kept himself in check. Yeah, it's funny. Him as a Yankee fan, he's just like the opposite of a Cowboys fan. It's much more self-loathing as a Yankees fan. He's always angry. The sky's always falling. Well, because the Yankees have given him expectations that anything short of a championship is a failure, whereas the Cowboys, if they can get past the second round, it's a complete success. Yeah, no, 100%. Speaking of the Yankees, why don't we jump on in? Uh, they are up, last time I checked, 2 nothing going for the sweep against the Minnesota Twins. They are a few games back of Houston, I believe, for the number one overall seed going into the playoffs, but starting to creep up and build that uh, build that AL East lead back up, which is huge because I've been getting phone calls up and down from Mets fans about how that how by the end of the week that lead could be done. And by well, the I way, mean, let, the Mets fans yeah. lead, sorry to interrupt you, could be done by tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, they were tied the other day. Um, you know, and it's not even like the Mets have slumped. I mean, we'll talk about them in a, in a little bit here. Mini, but the Braves mini. are just not – the Braves don't lose. I mean, no. They really – they never lose. So, you know, the Mets have played really good baseball aside from that mini three-game slide where they lost two to Washington and one to Pittsburgh. and Everybody acted like it was crazy. But it's yeah. Like, they played well. Did but you? Yeah, although your boy Jerry Seinfeld is absolutely losing his mind because they're like, it's just like who let the dogs out earlier on. You had fucking Timmy Trumpet come in. <laughs> We're celebrating the regular season, and he might be right. He might be right. You want to talk? You want to talk about a fan of a team that constantly lets you down and makes you defeated? You know, yeah. that's what Seinfeld was with well, the Mets. You, you don't see the Yankees having Metallica come in with a stage in center field for Mariano in August. No, no, you definitely don't. And it's not meant for like, you know, if they do that, that was for Mariano, I think, in his final season, not where it's like, hey, we're going to use this as a rallying cry. But I digress. Um, Listen, the Yankees right now, 
this is probably the worst lineup I've I've seen them roll out since like years of them not making the playoffs. I don't know if you saw any of the doubleheader yesterday, but those lineups were ridiculous. And Lemayhu was just placed on the IL today, which makes yep. it Lemayhu, Rizzo, Stanton's currently not playing. Um, add them to the contingency of guys who are either rehabbing or shut down. Benintendi now is out with wrist surgery. Hopeful to return before the season ends, but we'll see. Bader's mm-hmm. ramping up, but dude, this is just a mass unit, and somehow, some way. You know, the best medicine for the Yankees, regardless of what situation they're in. Hey, Minnesota's on your schedule. No doubt about it. Just win some baseball games. Um, Will's new boy, your hated boy for the for the position that he's in, IKF, is batting fourth. <laughs> I saw that he was hitting cleanup today. My dear God. Hey, listen, if Will can win some money on him, good for him. That's not a bet I would have placed, but hey. No, not at all. But I think this is an opportunity for us to kind of wax poetic and about Aaron Judge because, I, I mean, listen, we know he's had a great year. We've talked about it on and on, but pretty much we've just discussed the state of the team. But I think we got to give this motherfucker his due. 9.1 war. That's all I got to say. This team. Yeah, 9.1 war. You know, in that series in Tampa Bay this weekend in which they salvaged the second game or the third game to avoid a sweep, they scored three runs all weekend. He scored all three. Yep. I mean, we talked about it beginning of the year. It felt like it was Judge Rizzo and um, and Stanton. Well, now it's second half of the year, it's only been Judge. He got that batting average within the last three days back over 300, uh, 55 bombs, a million hits, a million RBIs, even 16 stolen bags. This guy, just give him the MVP award. And somebody, my co- my little cousin is a Red Sox fan, clown Red Sox fan. Uh, he was giving me an argument for our Otani, and he just said, it's not because I'm a Judge hater. He said, if Judge hits 60-plus, give him the MVP. But listen, I, I like Otani's year, but 9.1 wins above replacement to 7.7, and that's all I need to know. Yeah, I mean, it's the argument you used with Trout all those years. And the thing, too, is with baseball, like, you know, we mm-hmm. gave our – predictions for NFL MVPs yesterday and I kind of chat on Will because he read he mentioned in the quarterback tier episode that you know Derek Parker maybe win MVP and then he predicted them to finish third in the, in the division I'm like there's no way that can happen if Aaron Judge wasn't doing what he's doing now sure give it to Otani and I understand in historical context what Otani is we all do but where is this Yankee team without Aaron Judge they're they're fighting for a wild card seat without Aaron Judge Without At time, best, the Angels are in the same place, out of the playoffs. At best, fighting for a wild card team, they they might be below Toronto, fighting for fighting for you know fourth place with Baltimore. Entirely possible, man. I mean, I, it is an open shut case whether you're a Yankee fan or or an objective baseball fan. What Aaron Judge is doing this season is, is just ridiculous, and you see it when the Yankees need him the most. I mean, how, why teams are still pitching to him, I truly don't understand. Timely, timely hits. No protection in this lineup. And timely he delivers hits. every nope. time. These are not uh, A-Rod home runs where it felt like every time A-Rod came up to the plate, it was already a, a 5 nothing game, and then he'd just pile on. These are Every single one means something. They do, and they're coming in this stretch where, like I said, he is the only main threat. So we'll see if they can finish off Minnesota and then, Tom, they play Tampa this weekend in the Bronx for the last series against them. I mean, I, I'm tired of saying predictions. I obviously fell 
really flat with that West Coast trip. But predictions or expectations? I don't think, I, Sean. I'm going to correct you and defend you there. You didn't say predictions. You said expectations. There's a big difference. That's fair. That's and fair. and what? Are, so I'll I'll rephrase it. Not your prediction because we don't fucking know what this team. Lord knows, especially with this skeleton crew they're running out there. What are your expectations? Especially because they're going down to Tampa, right? No, they're coming. They were just down in Tampa last weekend. They're in the Bronx. Well, that's a house of horrors for the Yankees. So thank God they're in the Bronx. What are your expectations for this three-game set against Tampa? With this mass unit, I'm going to say they're only going to take one game. But my yeah. hope is just find a way to take two of three. How about you? Agreed. I I I be I'd be out of my mind to expect a sweep or even even hope for a sweep just give me if you can eke out two out of three this minnesota thing came at the perfect time just give me two out of three they have to man I'm begging. tampa tampa right now is five behind the yankees so if the yankees can win tonight they'll be five and a half up and uh five in the loss or uh, four in the loss column uh heading into this series the mets right now tom you know like you mentioned they're they're battling off atlanta they're a half a game ahead at 87 and 51 did the Mets hold on to win this division? Marte's banged up again. Where Scherzer just placed on the IL. Where do you think? Where do you think this team's going to end up with about a month left? With Scherzer and Marte, possibly their two best players this year. I mean, you can make an argument for Alonzo as well as Lindor, but I mean, Marte hits every ball hard. I think he was hitting close to above 300. And Scherzer, being Scherzer, I think that they're going to end up with that wild card. Yeah, I really I think do. So too. I think so, too. Atlanta doesn't lose, man. Yeah, and they'd be – I think they'd be comfortably – yeah, he's, I mean, the Mets are easily going to get that first wild card. I mean, the the team that's leading it right now is obviously Atlanta, and then behind them is Philadelphia, who I think – are they, they're losing to the Marlins right now. So, I mean, and they're like almost 10 games behind the Mets. So the Mets are going to make the playoffs this year. There's no worries about that. I just think that they're that Atlanta's going to overtake them because it seems to be whatever lineup or whatever pitcher they run out right now, they can't lose a game. No, they can't. They've been the best team in baseball since June first, and it's really not close. Um, so I agree with you. I think, and I think the Mets, like we've talked about it, nauseam, right? They want to win this division. They want to get the that first round by, but you head into a playoff series and you go to Grom, Scherzer, Bassett. You know, you feel you feel like you have a really good chance to win with Diaz closing those ball games. Yeah, I don't worry about anything with the Mets except that bridge. I mean, that bullpen, having bet on the Mets, having bet the Mets spread live recently, it is beyond shaky. Yeah, you're looking at, you know, Adovino, Trevor Joey Rodriguez, May. Trevor May. Seth Lugo, who's having a terrible year. It's Michael Givens. Yeah, and I, they brought in Givens, and he has been nothing special, um, kind of – kind of reminiscent of um the guy we brought in from oakland frankie montas he's just been a kind yeah. of a dud um their their middle of their bullpen it has been beyond shaky um mcgill's gonna slide into the bullpen closer to the postseason when he comes back that gives me a little jolt of energy but that's the only thing that scares me is if um you know even Degrom, who's on a on a pitch count or whatnot his strikeout numbers are high but that just means you got a high pitch count if he comes out in the fifth six that's a that's a long two three innings to uh to diaz oh absolutely and you know you look at what the mets another problem with them sometimes is they they 
have a little Yankees in them where their offense just goes away for a couple of games. And that's, yeah. that could be a little worrisome, too. Yeah, it's not fun watching Lindor hit with nobody on base. No, no, it's not. And, you know, Alonzo's cooled off a bit. And yeah, they need a fully they need a fully loaded lineup with, with no injuries heading into the playoffs because there's, if there's one hole on that team, you know, that could make an impact of who's getting pitched to and what situation. And, you know, we've seen them struggle scoring runs for Scherzer and DeGrom, obviously, when they throw gems. So we'll see what ends up happening. But, okay, we got the Braves winning the NL East. Do the Yankees hold on and win this division, Tom? I mean, we, we're, we're going to talk about it next week for sure after this Tampa series. But how do you feel? What's your gut reaction? I think this uh, suicide squad, whatever you want to call it, holds it off. I hope so, man. I really hope what do you, so. What's man. your prediction? I don't care what you hope. Of course we hope. What's your prediction? I think that they're going to hold on. Long pause That's there. Fairly, Very fairly. dramatic. Yeah, well, because I'm thinking, okay, well, Mayhew's out. When, when's he coming back? Rizzo's out. When's mm-hmm. he coming back? How, how many games can they win? You know, they don't, if they played the Twins the rest of the season, you know, they might end up getting to that 110 win mark, uh, but they don't. So <laughs> I, I don't really know uh, how, how sustainable this is. All right, you want to look around the league real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's go into the AL Central. This is a tight race. Cleveland's up two on this Minnesota team, which we've seen the Yankees beat around, but they're dealing with a lot of injuries too. Does Cleveland hold on to win here? The White Sox are also two games back. I don't care about the White Sox. Fire La Russa. I've been pounding the table for it. They've been the biggest disappointment over the last two years, probably them and the Angels and Toronto. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of disappointing teams in baseball right now. Um, I think Cleveland holds on and finds a way. I don't know how they're doing it. I, I couldn't name you four players on their roster, but they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, they just seem like they've been the most steady despite only being five games over. I mean, you look at Minnesota, they've had – peaks and they've had really low valleys same with the white Sox, obviously but yeah i'm gonna agree with you cleveland's gonna get that but uh you know then like you're looking at uh, another wild card and is that going to come out of the central Minnesota, chicago we're going to see three al east teams make it it's going to be it's going to be interesting because seattle's right there too in the wild card race they're obviously way out in the west but uh they're 77 and 60 you gotta imagine they're getting it seattle's gonna get in and i think it's just I mean, if the Yankees hold on, it's going to be Tampa, it's going to be Seattle, and then it's going to be between, you know, Toronto, Baltimore, crazy, and uh, Minnesota. I think Garrett Cole makes more annually than Baltimore's entire roster, by the way. <laughs> by, like, a right. lot. <laughs> Bro, have you seen um, – they brought up Gunnar Henderson. Oh, and my God. They, these shortstops, these new shortstops, what are they feeding these guys? O'Neal oh Cruz, Witt Jr., I mean, these guys are insane. And then you've got Bautista closing games. I mean, that guy is just straight filth. Yeah, I know. I mean, this Baltimore team, they don't spend money. They don't hold on to players, but they can scout. Yeah, they're not They're not going to make it just simply because of the teams that they're playing. They're kind of cannibalizing themselves. So whenever they beat a team they need to beat, you know, that – they're allowing another team to, to take yeah. their spot. So they're they're four and a half out. They're not going to make it, but I, I'm really happy the Yankees. I just want to give them a little love. Three more games. Oh, for sure. So right now you got Tampa as the first, Seattle, and Toronto. And I think it's going to stay that way. I think those are the three best teams. I don't really care about Minnesota or Chicago. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't see it at all. Toronto's actually in, in the last spot right now. They're they're a game back, but that might just be because they didn't play today. Uh, Seattle's Seattle's a shoe in for me, and then I think it's going to be two AL East teams. Yeah, I think Tampa's the next best team. You know, uh, they're the way that they pitch, and uh, they're getting a little bit healthier now. I think that's a team that you don't want to see come playoff time. So first gonna, round, that first round, first round. Unless the Yankees face who? Who would they face? They're the two seed. So right now, they would face who? Seattle or I don't even yeah. know how the wild card. They're losing. I've already said that. I've been I've been saying that all year. They're losing that series. Well, especially if they don't get certain guys back, you know, they're royally fucked. I, honestly, of course they're royally fucked. But I think even if they get those guys back, I I don't care. They're losing that series, dude. I'm sorry. All right. Well, there's I hate. an expectation. I hate how they perform against Seattle. It's been it's been really it's been really bad this year. Seattle's really taken them to the woodshed. Um, in the National League, we talked about the East. You know, the Cardinals right now have the lead in the Central. And the Dodgers are obviously the best team in baseball. They have ninety-four wins on the league. Jesus fucking Christ! Um, With like a Atlanta, almost Philadelphia. A month left. Yeah, uh, we know that either the Mets or Atlanta, whoever doesn't win the NL East, is securing that first wild card. And you got Philly and San Diego in there. I mean, San Diego has really not played well since their major trades. Kind of like one of those things, right, where you talk about the winners and losers of the trade deadline. They were a, a unanimous winner, and they really haven't been good. Josh Hader's been dog shit for them. Hader's been shit. Drury has been good, but he's been hurt. Josh Bell has been up and down. And I think, honestly, this Tati shit has been a major upset for them. They were really gonna, they were really relying on him to come back, and I think it was just a major letdown. And they were saying a lot of guys in the clubhouse were upset. Oh, how could you not be? I mean, he literally let the team down. Let the team down twice this year because keep in mind, the reason why he was on the IL wasn't because of a, a sports-related injury. He fucking crashed a motorcycle. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a guy that's gonna it's gonna take a lot for him to earn the respect back in that clubhouse next year uh, when he does return. And, you know, the Padres, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they sniffed around and see what they could possibly get for him come, come the off season. But we're a while away from that. They're gonna make the playoffs most likely, um, but I don't see them really going that far. I think it's really just gonna be a battle. Uh, between the Dodgers and whoever wins the East. I don't want to dis- dis- disregard the Cardinals. They've been playing great, but I think when it comes down to just pure talent, it's the Dodgers, Mets, and Braves, and then kind of everybody else. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I I think it's just the Dodgers are just the class. And honestly, yep. if, if, if Tatis wants to come on over and play shortstop for the Yankees, I wouldn't mind it. Well, he uh, he would have to be able to play. <laughs> which he, uh, which you can't do. So, so there's that. Um, we're in the home stretch, man. We got a month left to go. Yeah, one month left. We're holding on for dear life here, but I I truly believe we're just getting set up for disappointment, and they're going to run it back next year, and hopefully they, they resign are. Judge at this point. If they don't resign Judge, I mean there will be there will be an absolute mob outside of Yankee Stadium. No doubt, especially because they didn't go out and get soda, which I was I've been pounding the table for like three years, but they they don't listen to logic. No, and they don't listen to you, which is a shame. Um <laughs> moving on to the NBA. This was a week ago, Tom, but we haven't done a rundown since and Woes dropped the bomb 
And when you saw the name, I was just expecting to read the New York Knicks gave up what, but they didn't Same. give up anything. Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland for Colin Sexton, the assignment trade, Lori Markinen, uh, Abaji, and three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps, which is quite the haul. I'm going to let you go here as the resident Knicks fan. I know you texted me just the word shit. So you have the floor here. How, how do we feel about what Cleveland gave up and, and what the Knicks didn't? I did text you just the word shit, and that was before I saw the package. Um, I don't want to give up that many picks, although how much of those, outside of the three unprotected, how much of those are bullshit? Um, listen, I don't think this deal gets done unless R.J. Barrett's involved, and that's kind of where I drew the line. I don't think Donovan Mitchell gets you over the top. So I'm glad, short and sweet, I'm glad the Knicks didn't make the deal. Um, uh, you know, I think... Maybe he gives you a five six seed if if he's on this team, but that ain't getting you titles. Um, with that being said, I love what it does for Cleveland. I think the nucleus of him, Garland, and Mobley, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with, um, especially with um, the other players that they have on that team. I, I think this is going to be a really good team and a top three seed. Maybe wow. four, top four seed. Wow. Okay, yeah, because I was trying to think about this myself, and I was like, okay, where does this put them? Are they better than Milwaukee? No. Are they better than Boston? No. Are they better than Miami? That That's a conversation. That's a conversation. I think they're better than Brooklyn on paper. I mean, I'm, I'm including Brooklyn's massive volatility. I'm um, putting Brooklyn as an asterisk until we do our predictions, and I have to really think about what to do in a month when we do our NBA predictions, yeah. which is crazy to think about because we just did our NFL one. But everything's it's also crazy to th- It's also crazy to think about because outside of Ben Simmons, they're basically running it back, but just that's just how crazy it's been for the Nets. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Are they better than Philly? I think they are. I really do. I don't really care what James Harden does for you. I just think this team, I think Mobley's going to be have an even better season this year. I think he's going to come into his own even more offensively. Um I I I think they're I think they're better. Wow. I mean the East is just absolutely stacked. Oh yeah. I mean, I think Miami's going to take a major step back. I just think they got older. That's all. I'm so, I'm shocked my I'm shocked Mitchell wasn't on Miami, but this package is better than anything they had to offer as well. This is why Danny Ainge is the best because he was able to to suck everything out of that Cleveland organization that they could possibly get. And you know, obviously for the Knicks, having you know looking at it from an outside perspective as a non Knicks fan, it's easy for me to say this, but I still think if it wasn't RJ and it was just simply that slew of picks and maybe. You know, it sounded like the haggle in the negotiations was the amount of unprotected firsts. Maybe there was a Knicks tax. You know, maybe there was that report by Rick Buecher who said that the Jazz wanted to punish Donovan Mitchell for asking out by sending him to Cleveland instead of New York where he would have wanted to go. I don't know how true that is, whether he heard that from somebody in the Utah organization. I don't don't really believe that. I I mean, they were rebuilding anyways. You get rid of Gobert. I, I I think Mitchell's the logical next step. Yeah, and I don't even remember Mitchell making a formal request or anything like that. So, um, and Rick Buecher's been a little bit of a clown show. You know, <laughs> he works at Fox, and you know, I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I, I think for the Knicks, I still might have tried to do it 
I know he's not a marquee superstar, but I think you would be able to really hit the ground running when you start the the trio of Watson, yeah. RJ, and, and Mitchell with Julius Randle sliding into that fourth spot. I kind of felt like either way I wasn't going to be upset. I mean, if this trade came about and it was a lesser package, I would have I I would have come on here screaming, and sure. said the NF Knicks. But I'm not mad about it either way. I'm kind of indifferent. They hold on to all these picks for another trade. Yeah, and you you kind of brought it to my attention when you texted me the other day. SGA is now the possibility, right? You heard that on Simmons' pod. Well, I I heard I I had heard I hadn't listened to that exact pod where he recommended it. I kind of came up with that on, on my own. I just. He brought up the idea of does SGA want to tank again? I said, hmm, the Knicks have a lot of picks. I, I think you go to the Lakers, you give up, I don't know, Alec Burks or something and, and some other shit if they can't get rid of Westbrook. You get one or two of those unprotected first-round picks that they have, and then you turn around to OKC and you say, hey, we can make the salaries match because we know you guys just signed SGA. He's not going to want to tank again, but Chet's out for the year. Let's give you a couple of these unprotected picks that we've uh, that we've stockpiled from our own and from others, and and give you guys Russell Westbrook. You can buy him out or put some asses in the seats, have a whole little homecoming for him. I legitimately think he would stay on that team, and the one you know we'll take we'll take one of your two best players and obviously the best player on your team and SGA. And I think the Knicks would be set up there. I like his game. Um, I like him as a contrast to Jalen Brunson. I think it would be a perfect trade and I don't think it would cost you nearly as much as it did Donovan Mitchell. No, because the thing about Donovan Mitchell is he's, you know, he's proven in the playoffs. Yeah. He's performed really well on a high stage, whether it was the bubble or whatever. Like we haven't seen that out of SGA and really not to any fault of his own, but um, I agree with you, and that's a the Knicks are really primed too. We're going to see, you know, there's you, you used the word before referencing the Nets. I'm going to just use it referencing the kind of the entire landscape of the league. There's a lot of volatility among some teams and some superstars on teams, and come the trade deadline, there's definitely going to be a couple of guys that want out or teams that are willing to part with some superstars, recognizing that they're not going to win. And the Knicks are is they're probably in the best situation of any team right now in terms of being able to offer picks and even a little bit of young talent that, you know, they could better expend Absolutely. I mean, all this talk about Quentin Grimes and whatever, I, I've said my piece. I don't give a fuck about them. Give them away tomorrow for a superstar. Yep, no doubt about it, man. And, and again, I think that the Knicks are slowly starting to restore some credibility. You give RJ that rookie extension, the first one that they've given to anybody such Charlie Ward. Um, I think Randall is going to be better this year and. You've got a real point guard in Brunson, um, and you're laying the table now to, to bring in some some really good players, um, and you're well positioned to land them. So I think all in all, you're, you're you're upset you didn't get them, but when you look at what Cleveland gave up, you say, all right, God bless them, and, and now we'll move on. No doubt about it. Um, Want to talk some college football? I know you do. <laughs> I actually do. I actually right. do. I ended up uh, breaking even. The, the college football board, the live bets, sitting at lunch with my friends after uh, playing golf up in Cooperstown got to me. I made a couple of silly bets, but all the bets I put in previous hit. Um, I, I really like week one. I can't wait for next year. I'd like to fast forward to next year college football. Or I'd like to have last week back because, I mean, 
We'll go over the list. Georgia. I had Georgia against Oregon. That was a fucking easy oh one. Oh, my God. Oregon was ranked 11th, by the way, and that just goes to show the lack of parity in college football. What? How many um, fucking nine teams separate these two according to the rankings people's eyes, and they beat them 49-3. to Just an yeah. ass-whooping. It, it shocked me. Not that Georgia won. Not even that Georgia won by double digits, but what they did to them and what, you know, Every time a, a great team and a defending champion loses as much talent off their roster as Georgia did with all of these first-round picks, the depth of the NFL draft that the Bulldogs had, I mean, like, they just rampaged this team. They, they have restocked, and I'm going to just say it right now. Number two, Alabama's number one. I think Georgia's the team to beat in the SEC. The way they played, I, I just don't know how you can – how you can think any other way they're they're the reigning champs and they, they didn't leave anything to be desired yeah speaking of alabama we don't really have to talk much about their first game but i i got to see them play a real team i mean they they beat them they covered um i forgot who did they play utah state yeah i mean i i that's a game i regret not taking yeah well they're down here this weekend Yes, they are, and those are that's a game that's uh, probably what are they going to start tailgating for that on tonight? <laughs> well, it is an eleven a.m. local local kickoff here on Saturday, so might have to get out there. Um, but yeah, dude, that that Georgia win that was impressive in Oregon. You might as well just you know take your ball, go home, and and, and plan for next year because with the state of the Pac-12 as, as terrible as it is then you had an opportunity to represent that conference in a big week one game, and boy, did you just fall flat on your ass. Yeah. Pac-12, man. I, I, I like to think Oregon's going to be out of there. They're the, they're the most logical next team, right? Like, they have a good enough program and pedigree where they don't have to stick around. No doubt. All right, let's move on to the next game, and we have Florida. Florida beating Utah 29-26. Was Florida ranked? I don't think they were ranked, right? No, they were ranked. They weren't in, They weren't as high as 12, but... Listen, Utah was able to, to play with Florida. If it wasn't for a couple of mistakes, they could have beat them down in the other swamp. But, I mean, that's big boy football. That's SEC. Um, and Florida comes away with a W there. I still Dude, like Utah. Yeah, Utah's a good team. I mean, they're going to be, you know, battling for that Pac-12 championship. But holy shit, dude. Did you see that play that Anthony Richardson made on that set, on that two-point conversion? Oh, yeah. The dude is – look for him as a Heisman candidate. He is electric. And I liked what I saw from him last year when they were running the two QB tandem system down there. I mean, this guy has full reign of the offense now. He is just – he's a straight-up baller. Yeah. Another game I want to talk about before we jump down the list, Clemson. Um, yep. They played another ACC team. I know it doesn't matter. That game covered. Made a nice little chunk of change on that. Um, I think. What do you? How do you feel about the quarterback there? I know there's a little bit of a controversy between the two because they have a five-star freshman or salt, whatever he is. Yep. Um, were the questions answered, or was it just Georgia Tech? I think it was just Georgia Tech. I didn't think he was that good, to be honest with you. I yeah. mean, that game was 21-10 or 21. Maybe it was 10-3, 14-3 at the, at the half. Uh, he wasn't very good. 
I don't care really what the final stats indicate. You know, if they play a much better opponent, you know, they're down big. Uh, I don't know. I I know he was a big-time recruit. He was behind Trevor, but he didn't do much to impress me. I think if, and Dabo's not going to be shy to pull the plug on him. I don't know. What were your takeaways? Complete agreement. Uh, and Dabo, Dabo is, in my opinion, great, but one of the biggest snakes in college football, and he'll pull oh, you out yeah. real quick. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, he's he'll pull he's in a, he'll pull a Nick Saban, another big time snake in my opinion. He'll pull a Nick Saban <laughs> and put two in right away, and then he'll be crying when Jalen Hurts comes back in to win the game. Those fucking fake crocodile tears. <laughs> you don't <laughs> think I remember that fucking uh, what was it oh, SEC championship game against, yep, uh, against Georgia? Georgia? Yep, yep. Good memory. I'm a college you. football uh, savant. You are. You're a historian now too, not just a savant, but. Uh, listen, there's a lot of pressure on Dabo and that whole Clemson program. I mean, the ACC is is hanging on for dear life. Who knows what the future is? Hanging on by Clemson and obviously yeah. Miami. Well, you know, you're Miami Hurricanes. Not yet, not yet. That's why I didn't say yet. <laughs> there's talk, the impending Tom Pochino, uh, Miami <laughs> Hurricanes, but, uh, you with that turnover team. But they, um, you know, there's talk now about how they're going to dissolve the the ACC and that you know Clemson and Miami are going to go to the SEC and some of the other ones are going to go to the Big Ten of course I mean we know that that's probably what's going to happen but the ACC is literally holding on to the success of Clemson so they need to one train through this conference beat everybody by a thousand and then go play in the college football playoff and do a lot better than they did against Georgia last year I don't see it but that's what they need to do I don't see it either. I don't think they're nearly as good as, as you know, the top echelon teams in the Big Ten and the SEC, um, especially if this quarterback doesn't look better than he did against Georgia Tech. Um, Ohio State beat Notre Dame 21-10 in a game that was really close. I got to ask you, um, you know, were you more impressed with Notre Dame than you thought you'd be, or were you less impressed with Ohio State than you thought you were going to be? I think I'm just less impressed with Ohio State. Um I think Notre Dame can put up 10 on any team in the country, including Alabama and Georgia. I, I just think Ohio State should have scored 35 to 40 points in that game. I'm just less impressed yeah. with them. I mean, they had, what, three at the half? Yeah. Don, that's so. another game I was sweating out. Yeah, Notre Dame's defense is really good. They simply don't have the playmakers on offense. They never uh, do. I, no, they never do. I, I do expect C.J. Stroud to really hit his stride and play a lot better going going forward, but I think this is kind of a He better if game. he wants to be a Notre top Dame. pick. Notre Dame is a legitimate defense, though, you know, I, and I think we slept on them a little bit. That is what they do, and under that new head coach that they have now, I think that they're trying to figure out their identity. I thought they showed out pretty well, given that that was not one of your favorite neutral side games. That was at the Horseshoe. Yes, it was at the Horseshoe. That's, again, why I think they should have scored closer to 40 points than 21, but speaking of former Notre Dame head coaches, Brian Kelly, who I think is the ultimate snake in college football. He beats out Dabo Sweeney. Goes Did ahead. he beat out Saban? Yeah, he, oh, yeah, he beats out Saban as well. Okay, I was going to say, Saban's just, never faked an accent. Yeah, uh, that was at that basketball game. That was a tough scene. And I'm glad they <laughs> lost. Florida State beats LSU 24-23. to It just, again, I don't know if this is carryover from the bad divorce of 
Coach O or whatnot, but it just doesn't seem like those players want to play there. They have an incredible wide receiver that's just not even running hard routes. Uh, their quarterback looks like trash. Their offensive line looks awful. And how fitting to lose on a blocked extra point that would have tied it. Blocked extra point. I mean, talk about offensive line. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, really bad. But, you know, they still were in position to send that game into, you know, carnival overtime that college football has. But it's it, it brought me a lot of joy because I hate Brian Kelly. And not because he left Notre Dame. Like, listen, every coach is leaving for money and a top program. And also – he was realizing he was just simply never going to have the talent, no matter how well coached his teams were to win a championship at Notre Dame. Right. So go to LSU, do it. That's fine. But just the absolute clown show antics of the fake accent at the basketball game and dancing with a recruit that ended up spurning him and going to Alabama instead. Like I'm just, I hate when guys do that. It's like, you are just the least authentic person in the world. So to see that happen, you know, especially with it being played in New Orleans, I, I got a lot of joy out of that. No doubt. You ready to look ahead to week two, some key games here? Yeah, man, let's do it. Well, you already mentioned Alabama, Texas. Um, do you have the spread on hand? I don't, but I can pull it up. Um, but the reason I put this game in here is it's kind of a preview um, for what the SEC is going to be in a couple um uh, in a couple of years when Texas heads to the SEC. So uh, based off that alone, I think this has intrigued Quinn Ewers getting his first start against a real team down here in Austin. Um, and, you know, they're going to, this is a measuring stick for Alabama. It's, Hey, let's just go down there and, and handle business. I'm trying to pull up the line right now. As am I. So we've got, it's 20. Bama's a 20-point favorite on the road. Oh, I'm going to hammer that right now. Over under 65 and a half. Eh, I don't care about uh, my fucking location. Fuck, honestly, FanDuel, fuck you. Figure out your location better. You know how many <laughs> times that screwed me over? A lot. Yeah, I, I, clearly I'm upset about it. Yeah, you are. Um, okay, so, yeah, 20-point. Bama advantage uh, based off the line here. Um, but, yeah, I just think this game has intrigue. I, I'm very fascinated to see what Texas does. Obviously, Sark going up against Saban. Uh, I expect Bama to win and win pretty easily, but I'm excited to see what Texas brings. Um, do you have any intrigue in that game at all, or are you just going to chalk it up so Bama's going to go down and kill him? Aside from the spread being pretty juicy, I think <laughs> I don't really have any intrigue. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be – a really cool setting or whatever you want to call it down there for you. I hope you have fun with that. Good luck. Get, assuming that it's going to be that nuts, good luck getting anywhere near the stadium. You should probably just stay on your couch, but um, I enjoy it while it's down there. Yeah, I'll probably be going out on West 6th, which is a little further away from the campus. And oh, well, yeah, West 6th. Yeah, I'm from yeah. there. So that's a lot further away than than where the campus is because anywhere down around that, it's going to be an absolute disaster. Um, I would go walkable if I was you. I, I don't know where you live in proximity. To I can't walk. A I can't walk anywhere. Yeah, I can't walk anywhere from where I'm at. From where I'm at. I guess it is Texas. I don't know. It just you know you well, go out right and it's down. like, do you, you really want to deal like with the right traffic? Downtown to do it. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I'm in traffic is just brutal. I'm assuming down there it's bad too. 
especially on game day. Yeah, well, you know, Austin is forever. The city tried to stop it becoming a boom town. So they just never did anything with the highways and now they're trying to play catch up and they never will. Um, so yeah, the highway 35 here, it's a nightmare, but Kentucky at Florida, a little sec matchup here. Kentucky's ranked 20th. Florida's ranked 12. Florida held on to beat Utah. Uh, what are we thinking about this game? Kentucky covered. Um, but I, I just, I worry about, especially if Kentucky's going on the road to the swamp against Florida and that big, that big D line. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the spread is, but I, I think it's going to be Florida by a lot. Yeah, I have a good feeling that Florida is going to take take every little bit of momentum they had last week and, and carry it over. And, you know, Kentucky, that's one of those programs in football, at least, where I need to see you do it for a couple weeks, maybe into like the middle of the season before I can really take you seriously. Uh, Florida, because of their pedigree, I'm willing to pretty much say that outside, you know, in the out in the SEC East outside of Georgia, I mean, they should be the next best team, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. As long as they have a little bit of a semblance of competence, then they should be able to do it. For sure. And, and Richardson, at quarterback, I mean, he's must-watch TV. And then lastly, I put Baylor at BYU. Baylor's ranked 9, BYU's 21. I'm just putting top 25 matchups in there early in the season. We don't get a lot of them. But, you know, Baylor in this really run-down Big 12 – this is a team that you're looking at probably con- contending for the championship, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't really know what to take away um, from their first games because BYU beat South Florida 50-21. to <laughs> And uh, shout-out to the state of New York. Baylor beat University of Albany 69-10. to um, <laughs> uh, The spread's probably Baylor by what? Ten and a half, right? I would guess. Maybe, yeah. Maybe more. Um, I, I would probably take Baylor in this one. I think they're going to beat up on BYU. I, these low-ranked teams early in the season always end up being dog water. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, the last thing I want to get your thought on. Yankees game football. tied up, by the way. And it is officially football season, Sean. Congratulations. We made it. Hey, <laughs> we made it. We made it, buddy. We made it. Um Okay, so the news broke last week that college football is expanding its playoff format to 12 by 2025 or 2026, uh, and kind of under the format that we've been brainstorming for the last few years. Uh, how do you feel about it going to 12? Uh, do you wish it was staying at four? Is eight a better number? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, for me, I, I thought eight was the key number. I feel like I have been screaming for that for a couple of years now. I really, But the thing is, you know what? Now that I'm talking about it, the Power Five conferences were a hell of a lot different the last time we were talking about it because I wanted to have, what was it, five automatic bids and then three that the committee could, could select. But now the fact that these power five conferences who even knows what a power five conference is over the next few years i guess you might have to go to 12 and then you go to 24 and then you go to 32 yeah i do like the fact that the uh, the first round uh for the teams that don't or the teams that don't have buys they'll be playing at the higher seeds uh or the, the higher ranked teams campus instead of neutral sites i think that's pretty cool i think well that's you know how i feel about that Oh, yeah, I, I know exactly how you feel. And I, and I like that they're doing this, too, for this reason. You know, college football is obviously run by just 
god-awful morons uh, who still are trying to hold on to the past. And, you know, these they hold on to these bullshit bowls, like the Sun Bowl and the Chick-fil-A Bowl and the Beefaroni Bowl or whatever the fuck it is. And as if, like, we have to just continue to have these, unless they're in the playoff format. Nobody cares about these games. You've rendered them irrelevant with the playoff format. So just get rid of them. Cancel your partnerships and give everybody what they want, which is a good playoff format for a pro sport because that's what college football is. It's really not that amateurish. It's the second most popular sport behind the NFL. So I think it's kind of cool that they're doing that. That's like one right decision that they're making. Yeah, I just – it's like – with all this movement and whatnot and, and everything changing hands, it's just like, where does it end is my question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and again, by 2025, 2026, we already know Oklahoma and Texas will be in the SEC. We already know USC and UCLA will be in the Big Ten. Uh, we've assumed that Oregon will be as well. I mean, I think we're just going to have two mega conferences. We're going to have the Big Ten and the SEC. That's basically going to be it. Then every other team is going to have the opportunity for those at-large bids uh, and and have a chance to upset somebody. Kind of reminds me of um, of cable versus streaming where it's like, <laughs> it's like, let's, uh, cable was like, oh, get a big package together and streaming's like, let's break it up. It's like the reverse of that where it's like, let's put everything together. And then, <laughs> and then before you know it, it's going to be like, you know what? Let's break all this up. We're going to have the, we're going to have the Big Ten West, which essentially is going to be the Pac-12. You know, yep. like yep. it's 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 all going to be cyclical and it's just going to be a money grab and nobody's ever going to be able to figure it out. And every few years it's going to change and you're just going to have to hope that your school has a strong enough brand to hold up so that they don't become irrelevant. That was a great comp. Thank you. That was a really good comp. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think that's pretty much where we're where we're headed and. You know they're gonna tinker with this probably a few more times, but hey, you know you're you're trying to make these games the most important. I like the four because it makes every single game important, right? Like you can't lose in week two, like you just can't. If you do, you might not make it. And I like the debate between what's a better win, what's a worse loss, and you can have that debate. And you know when Alabama loses late in the year, I get upset because I know that could cost them a spot. Whereas once there's twelve, it's Obviously, they could lose three times, and the committee's going to say they're still one of the top 12 teams. Oof, yeah. We're going to see some ugly games. I mean, we already see ugly games as it is. It seems to be that the, the top two seeds are destined to face each other, and usually those those two games that they play, the semifinal games, are usually blowouts. Yeah, that's been, that's been the way it has gone over the last couple of years. You're right. Like. The best team generally wins, and the top two teams generally play each other. So uh, unless there's a way to avoid that, maybe open up more parity like we see in the NFL where the best team often doesn't get to the Super Bowl, right? Well, Sean, I mean, it's it's impossible to do that in college football because in the NFL they have a salary cap, they have a draft. I mean, the talent right. disparity is there, whereas college football, I think Alabama could run out their practice squad and beat probably more than three-quarters of the team's in, in college and that, football. And that's my point, right? Like, you, there is no way to avoid the ultimate outcome. So you can add 12 teams, 24 teams, 36 teams, whatever you want to do. I think we're just delaying the inevitable. But they're just gonna for more money. more money doing it. Yeah. 
no Bobby, doubt. You're going to make our picks. For it's week very one. flawed, but I'm starting to learn to enjoy it. It even with its flaws. Yeah, it's so mature. It's still me. fun. It really is. I mean, I've, I've taken up golf. Well, look at us. Taking up college football. We are a well-rounded podcast. A little too, a little over 250 episodes in. Yeah. And I think it's time now to make our week one official picks for the year. We don't have a bet. Do you have any ideas of what you might want to do? No, but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. It's just fun along the ride, Sean. Uh, to recap, I think we've been doing this three years. You are two and one, and we have not paid any any of the bets, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you did not jump in a freezing cold lake. I did not have a day of stuffing fast food down my gullet. And we didn't uh, even come up with a bet last year, I don't think. And we didn't have one last year in 2020, obviously, between COVID and me moving was just never going to happen. So we'll call this year four, um, even though it's year five of the podcast. So, Tom, as the CEO, I'm going to let you go first and also just remind the listeners of how we do this thing. Surely, Sean. Thank you for letting me go first. Um, so we pick our two local teams. For us, that's the Jets and the Giants. And then we take two of our own games. Um, and then obviously my fourth pick is the Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. Lock it in. Um, I don't know what my record is. I don't want to know what my record is, but we're going 17-0 this year with the Sperm Bank Pick oh, of the Week, man. boys. Um, all right. Do you have a sponsor this year, or are you going to develop that based off of your record? I'm going to develop that over time. Right now, people are a little weary. But that's <laughs> all, all right. right. We love to prove the doubters wrong. First game, we got the New York Jets at home against the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are favored by, according to what we use, which was some book in Vegas, the only fucking thing I can find where it's just one solid picture so I don't have to take 30 screenshots of FanDuel to send them to you. But we're using the same <laughs> line, so it is what it is. Baltimore Ravens, as of now, according to this, are favored by seven. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. Yep, I'm in agreement with you there. I took the over-under two, just wrote them down. It's 44 and a half. We're not betting these. But, yeah, I have the Ravens also covering that spread. I mean, it's Joe Flacco for your Jets. I, I It sucks because I was so excited for your Jets. And Zach Wilson's second year with a lot more talent. But is there anything less exciting as a Jet fan knowing that you get to start this new season with Joe Flacco as your starting quarterback? Not at all. This is classic Jets. Just <laughs> couldn't get any more classic than this. It's it's. I don't even know. I'm not wearing the Jets jersey. I'm going to wear all big dogs gear on uh, on Sunday because I, I, I might just run red zone. I might not even have the Jets game on. Wow. All right. Strong statement there from the resident Jet fan. All right. Let's move on to the second game. The Giants, my Giants, are at the Tennessee Titans. You know, Tom, the Giants haven't won a week one game since 2016 when they beat Will's Cowboys by one point. I think this is the year it's going to change. Uh, wow. The Titans are a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, listen to our preview pod if you haven't already. We're not that high on the Titans. And I think this is a good opportunity for the Giants to get off to a, a decent start under their new regime. Uh, five-and-a-half anyway. Even if they don't win it, they should be able to cover this spread, in my opinion. So I'm going to take my New York Giants on the road. Lockstep with you here. I know it's boring, but I th- I don't know if the Giants are going to win, but I definitely think they're going to cover, and I am going to circle them for a teaser as well. All right. Okay, so, so far we are same picks, which is a little boring, but why don't you give your third pick here? Third pick I have is Minnesota Vikings play the Green Bay Packers. Will Tuckham, I like the pick. Give me Minnesota 
plus one and a half. I think they shock Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Listen, should I trust Kirk Cousins? Sean, I know you're not picking Minnesota, but I am no. this year, and I think they're going to shock the world. I mean, obviously you do. Uh, Will certainly does. Um, he hasn't gone to the Super Bowl. He's he's might be taking crazy pills. Yeah, I think he took every bit of homerish Dallas pick and just moved it all over to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Um, <laughs> but you know, the Packers have had a little bit of a track record of not having a great first game. Remember last year they got absolutely bulldozed by Jameis and the uh, and the Saints. Yep. Uh, so. They don't always get off to the best of starts. I don't hate that pick by you. Um, so best of luck to, to you, Kirk Cousins. Uh, my third game, I have the Chiefs visiting the Arizona Cardinals. If you listen to the preview pod, I'm not high on the Arizona Cardinals. No Hopkins. I don't know what's going to happen with Murray. Um, the Chiefs are a six-point road favorite, and I'm going to happily grab that and take the Chiefs. I like that. I thought the number was a little too high for my blood, um, but I did stare at it for a very long time. Sean, why don't you go ahead with your fourth pick, and then I'll unveil my first (laughs) sperm bank pick of the week for the 2022 football season. Give everybody what they fucking want. All right. Last game. Tom, I'm just keeping up this trend. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles are at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are a four-point road dog. Uh, I home like dog. Home dog, I'm sorry. Um, I like the Eagles to cover this game and win outright. I'm going with all four road teams to open week one. The Eagles, I know people are picking the Super Bowl. There's also people saying they could get picked off. They're buying the Lions Kool-Aid from Hard Knocks. Big I mistake. I think, I think it's a big-time mistake. Give me This, to me, is a relatively easy pick, so I'm going to take the Eagles as my fourth pick, all four road teams, and now time for the sperm bank. Sperm bank pick of the week. If everybody doesn't know what that means, get to the sperm bank, gentlemen. Donate. Get the money to your bookies. Um, this year, I know we said they were going to have their ups and downs, but I have the San Francisco 49ers. Minus seven. Lock it in. Anything to say? I'm all for it. Best of luck to you. Chicago Bears. I don't care that it's on the road. I think that you or I could play quarterback and that team (laughs) could beat them by seven. I mean, this might be a 14-0 game. Uh, Trey Lance may, may throw for... 10 yards and rush for nine and put up zero points and they may win 14 nothing just via defensive touchdowns <laughs> yeah i stared at this game too because um, i just think the bears suck but you know Rook, i know trey lance was a rookie last year but this is his first week one start i didn't really want to go all in on that yet but i I applaud you for doing it and having the balls to do it. You got to do it if it's your sperm bank pick. So best of luck to you. I just see it, man. I see after week one, us doing our Wednesday pod, which we're switching to Monday, Wednesdays, ladies and gentlemen, uh, locking it in for the football season after today. Um, I just see it where, you know, all the talk shows are saying how great Trey Lance looked and how terrible the Bears are and how badly they feel for um, Justin Fields and how it was 34 to 3 and blah, blah, blah. And, and the Niners are a, now the Super Bowl favorite and whatever. 
there is a very possible reality where that's the case. So, hey, let's get off to a good start, man. I mean, we're we're going to be neutral on our on our local picks. So let's see. Uh, we're basically playing a two game set here. Yes, I like that you're taking road teams. I like that you're taking. You got a couple favorites tucked in there. Although, first four weeks of the season, the dogs have have fared well, but I don't think they will in those games. I, I I'm looking at four and zero for you. I'm hoping for four and zero for me. I might even write it in for myself. I'm that confident, but I'm gonna leave it alone and um, enjoy the football. Enjoy. You got a big weekend ahead. You got obviously football for the rest of the night tonight. You got Yankees. You got. Alabama, 10 minutes down the road for you. I don't know how far it actually is, but that's what it probably is. About 10, yeah. And uh, then you got football on Sunday. You can just veg out on the couch. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm feeling a little under the weather. I don't know if you've been able to hear it in my voice at all, but I've not been feeling great since getting back from D.C. So uh, I think this is a perfect opportunity for me to tell everybody to kind of you know, go do your thing, and I'm staying the hell away and staying in the comfort of my own home. What do you got going on this weekend? How are you? How are you indulging? Uh, this weekend, um, my boss asked me to do overtime, and I felt like she kind of uh, buried the lead there because um, not only is it a full day of overtime, but I uh, looked up how far the site is that I'm going to, and it's two hours and fifteen minutes away, Sean. It is in the Jeez, Jersey Christ. Shore. Oh my God! Where in the shore do you know? Wall something? I I, I have no idea. Probably nowhere good. Uh, I, I doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm not there for fun. Um, no. yeah, no golf you on might Saturday. Want it to be a shitty place so that you're not tempted to go have fun. I I definitely think that because I will look up hotels because staring a two hour and fifteen minute ride home after working probably eight to ten hours and after driving there for two hours and fifteen minutes can be tough. Yeah, that's brutal. Well, you'll be in my thoughts, my friend. And it's the same thing next week as well. Oh, geez. Well, hey, if it's worth it with that overtime money, fucking take it. Um, It isn't, but uh, I just (laughs) bought an engagement ring, so I could use it. Okay, so it is worth it. It is worth (laughs) it. You're you're in copious amounts of debt right now, I assume. No debt, but would like to build up the bank account again, that's for sure. All right, yeah, that, that would... How was DC since I never asked? Oh, dude, it was fucking great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Being a groomsman, you know, I I think I've said it on the pod and off the pod. I don't really love having the responsibilities of having to be everywhere and being pulled in all these directions. My face hurt from having to smile for two hours straight. No, I've never met somebody that said they enjoyed it. No, I I mean, I think some people don't mind it, um, but... I actually had a pretty fucking good time. There's a lot of a lot of buddies that I'm close with who were in there. Uh, some friends were also in the bridal party, so it was just good. It was it was a good crew. Uh, stayed right down, like right on the Potomac, like on the wharf area. It's like this all done up new area, full of hotels and bars and restaurants. So it was it was real nice, and we didn't have to like go all over the place either. So it was it was a really good time. But I'm feeling it this week. I hear you, man. I had a good time in Cooperstown. I t- um, played a great, played a very good round of golf. Um, I got to be honest, that might be my favorite course. I've played more expensive and nicer courses, but I don't know. I could play that course every day of my life. To be honest with you, it, it might be my favorite. Um, did not you get said out you did to the ponies, right? 
No, we did not get out to Saratoga. We were supposed to play golf on Sunday, but I saw that there was a chance of rain, and we got rained out last year, which is the reason why we made the trip again. So I switched our tee time to Saturday because I was like, there's no way I'm making this third trip out to Cooperstown next year. So I wanted to lock it in and make sure it was on a day that it didn't rain. And then we decided that um, we didn't want to add the hour drive north to Saratoga to our then would be four, instead of three hours, it would be a four hour drive home south on Sunday. And we also, we were driving from the golf course to the hotel. I feel like I was kind of duped because it was called Hotel Inn and Suites. I pulled into the parking lot and my buddy Tutti didn't even put the car in park before he pulled a U-turn. We just drove straight to a restaurant and went home because this was a motel with an M and we were gone. <laughs> we did a three hour drive home and slept in our own beds that night because we were not staying there. There was people staying outside the rooms and they were not wearing much clothes. So we were out of there. I think you made the right decision there. That, I was going to say that sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. So, yeah. Good call. Um, so, but great course. Um, the rest of Cooperstown, um, sh- uh, you probably been to the Hall of Fame, but yeah, out- outside of here, outside of that little street and the hotel, which at the course is a seven hundred dollar a night hotel, I'll pass. Outside of those two places, it is an absolute dump. Um, I don't plan on going back there anytime soon. Uh, if my kid plays baseball or wants to go there. Uh, maybe um, I'll play another round of golf there. But honestly, that drive sucks. Um, I don't ever want to do it again. Actually, for this second time, I was looking at chartering a plane that landed on the lake out of Danbury, but it was just a little too expensive for our blood. I was legitimately thinking about doing that. We decided that if it was over $1,500 a piece, we weren't going to do it. It was. It was closer to about uh. ten grand. Um it would have been absolutely. That would have been fucking dope. It, it would have been a hilarious story to tell that we we chartered a plane to, to go to Cooperstown because we didn't like, want to do the drive. Of my friends that would say that they would do that, like if like there are some where I would literally be like, like check their sanity, make sure they're okay. For you, I'd be like, yeah, I think he, I think that on his priority list could justify it. <laughs> it's uh, it's something I legitimately thought about doing. I was looking up small airports over there, seeing if we could just. Hop on, you know, a group flight or something. Nothing. So the only way you're getting to Cooperstown realistically, unless you have a private jet, is uh, is driving, and it just sucks. All right. So aside from having your favorite course, uh, it sounds like there's no real reason to go back. I went to the Hall of Fame when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, so it was a long time ago, and I never really made it back up that way. So I, I can't. What do you really want to see? Ortiz's thing. fucking plaque? Fuck that. No. Absolutely not. Um, but, yeah, so are you done with your travel, or do you have one more? I think you said you had one more, right, coming up, one more trip? Yeah, I got one more trip for my birthday. Michaela got us plane tickets and a stay down in Hilton Head. Going to play some That's golf right. down there. And as far as I know, that is uh, it for the travel for now. It, it, it'll be nice to lay low. I think I'm done. Sorry for the sirens, too. everyone. What's going on over there? I, I don't know, but the window is shut. It just it must be going on real close. <laughs> Hope everybody's okay. 
Hope everyone's all right. God, well, I gotta, I gotta know. soundproof this room. Let me talk to Michaela and see if I can put some there funds. There you go. Figure, it. figure, fi- yeah, figure that out. But <laughs> on that note, uh, let's enjoy some football. Let's have a great weekend, and uh, everybody enjoy. And Tom, we'll be back next week. Yes, sir. Let me make sure my own house isn't burning down. Yeah, let's make sure. I don't. I, you know, if you haven't heard soy, that could be a good or bad thing. Yes. So, okay. All right, man. Enjoy the weekend. All right, you too. Take care, everybody. Later.